Hello, greatest digital team of all time that's going to help us get to everywhere we want to go. Welcome back. Hi, Tim. Hi. I'm excited, number two, and you it's already it. beginning. <laughs> I know, we've actually got pieces of content happening <laughs> behind the scenes. Got us back. It's actually incredible. <laughs> all it's taken is literally for us to cancel every client and do 100 hours straight. So, <laughs> only joking. That's a bad joke to start with. That was a pity laugh from all of you. How are you, Matt? I'm great. Good. 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 That's good radio, single word answers, yeah. but no, I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm, warming I'm warming up. Uh, have you had a good week, my friend? It's been a really good week. Excellent. Met lots of clients, done a lot of work on Philodomo uh, behind the scenes, so excited about it. Excellent. Settled into the GM role. I know this is now taking the reins, which we've spoken about. I, geez, we're running so many podcasts at the moment. Yeah. I'm not sure which one, <laughs> but I'm sure if you click links, you'll be able to find it. But are you, um, are you enjoying and settling in? It's been a great week, um, sort of just getting to getting across the, the business and the clients and, um, and, and really working through what the, the next steps for the, for the agency are. Yeah, very cool. Lana, welcome. Hi, team. Team or Tim? Oh, that was a team. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel, Tim and Matt. Nigel, of course, welcome to you too. Yes, I'm, I'm always in this room. So. Oh, that's true. It's <laughs> true. You don't want to work out you're actually a bot till the year two. Um, <laughs> Lana, how's your week been? Week's been fabulous. Week is, as, as Matt said, just lots of client work, getting our head around the next year that Matt's already started planning for, which is fun. And I'm enjoying working with strategic partners who have their own vision for the company that's not... Very cool. Yeah, not me. Hey, also before we say hello to Nigel, but so sick of saying hello to Nigel because we've done six podcasts or something today, so we're having the same conversation. Um, new website up, looks amazing, Loud Days team. Matt, I know you grabbed the reins on that and you, you made it happen, but um, really good feedback I've been getting. I don't know why I think people are listening to this thing and um, actually looking and go, hey, cool website. Mm. So well done, by the way. Thank you. Fills me with confidence, that's for sure. Yeah, no, we've had really good feedback this week um, and I think people are getting a, a better sense of who we are and what we do um, and just a, a general feel for, for the agency. Yeah, it's um, no, really cool, really cool job. Nigel, welcome. Thank you, Tim. It's <laughs> lovely to be here. Excellent. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing to say to you at this point in the day no, now. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, I do want to – well, you've got nothing to say but I've got plenty to say to you. Um, just with the content creation – um, happening because obviously we, everyone's listening and we've now got our you know our team in here and and loud days is and we'll, we'll do the catch up on the things we're focused on and and what's happening but behind the scenes from a lot of my point of view which Nigel and I have been focused on you've been doing some serious churning and learning around content and and those sort of things it's just I mean I was expecting it to be a lot crapper I understand exactly with, what you mean. With absolute due respect for you know how much I love you, but I thought it would be shit, and it is <laughs> more for the talent you're working with at the moment. To be fair, but I just think in terms of how quickly um, it's it's filled me with confidence that listen, I'll call you the exception to the rule, but how fast when you are focused on something you can learn these things because there there are tools out there to help people put things together mm. that it's not as intimidating as it could be around just creating content and I'm feeling more and more confident that we're going to be able to deliver which we'll speak to um, uh, Matt and Lana a little bit about in terms of the content volume. Yeah. But it's actually going to be high quality. Yeah. How cool. <laughs> Shock number one, content yeah. creators create content. We've started from a very low base. No, absolutely. Fast and furious, come yeah. on. No, no, no. It's, um, this is, and the, the thing I like about this is that 
this is the setup phase. So everything, yeah. it's, it's come together fairly quickly. But at the same time, every time I've hit a new thing, I've had to create the new template, have to source imagery, have to do everything. Now, the templates are sitting there. Even if we change imagery, it's literally a two-second turnaround now. So we can, like we recorded a podcast this morning and it's already up. It's, there's already grabs taken out of it. There's already video to go with it. So that's, that's actually filling me with a little bit more confidence as well around it. No, well done. Digital agency discussion number one, informing your agency you have content to post. <laughs> I agree. And I, I, I was waiting until everybody yeah. could hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I think it's um, informing the agency but also just setting the expectations when you go to an agency. You need to know what you can produce as a company because it's, it's certainly setting the agency up for failure if we tell them we're going to supply this stream of content and – we do supply it but it's just a very poor quality. Like that's the I guess the point. You're only as good as the message and the branding and we'll, we'll speak about that soon. But I just think um, in terms of, hey, good effort, you know, high five, all that sort of stuff because we want to move on to that. But for, for the sake of 10 days and, and going from basically a we have no idea we can do this or how to do it but we've promised the agency we're going to be able to do it. So I just think that's that's promising to start with, particularly only one medium we've explored. Mm. Um, but so far so good. So well done. Cheers. Now, Matthew. Yes. Let's make magic, my friend. Yeah. I can see you've so, come in with a pad and there's there's <laughs> written – for those who don't know dumped. Matt. Yeah, for those who don't know Matt, he's not a guy that comes – ill-prepared to anything and he's come in here and he's got a book. I'm not sure if it's just the one page on top or if he's written a whole binder book full of things that – got a lot of tasks for a lot of them. But you know what, how about, I, how about I shut up for a little bit and go, what what have you brought in, my friend? Well, it's something that I've, I've been thinking about during the week that I really wanted to um, sort of just throw out there and, and kind of have a discussion with the team around essentially the foundation of, of how we um, house and, and, and distribute the content – Yep. Um, but so there's a, there's a couple of different sort of avenues. The first is um, Flotimo Global as a as a consultancy as a brand, um, but also the what I'm going to call and this might change later. What I'll call the the Flotimo Business Hub um, from a content perspective. Um, and I think what's really important for us to um, get some understanding of is what's the relationship between those two platforms. Um, is the Flotimo Business Hub uh, a standalone? entity does it have its own brand does it have its own look and feel um should stop saying um <laughs> we'll cut that out That's no right. you don't have to <laughs> so this one will take about three or four hours yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 ah, great <laughs> that's so, a budget then Nigel. <laughs> so it's it's really around um i think getting a, a clear vision for for philodomo i think we've got the yep. the marketing strategy that um that the team's put together and then whether we replicate that for the the business hub, um, and the reason I say that is at the moment the the business hub is only accessible for those that have a direct link or they go directly yeah. as a client and then put their details in and access the content. So it's how broadly we want to distribute yeah. the content, how accessible we want that content to everybody, and what the relationship is back to Philodemo Global. Great. So. Without giving away all the magical secrets and special sauce, even though let's give away all the magical secrets and special sauce, damn, you still got to execute it. That's the hard bit. Uh, not to say the strategy and thinking <laughs> is this. First faux pas in a... Oh, uh, that took sorry. five minutes. No, but uh, just to catch up people who are listening, um, we've, got a, we've got a private hub at the moment for clients and staff. So there's a lot of things like training tools for staff 
Um, Nigel's done a great job of putting hundreds of videos up there, explaining elements of the business, helping our clients. So not only when we do client support from a consulting point of view, they can go and get you know, refreshers on specific things. So we've got this thing that's being built as part of this strategy and coming to loud days and saying, hey, we want to start contributing and building a community around this, obviously for commercial reasons at the end. But at the moment, brand presence, getting out there and also we're very proud of some of the work we're doing that we want to start sharing. It's one of our, our core values. So when Matt's talking about, hey, you've got this hub and you've got Philodomo as a brand, what you're talking about is this hub, essentially the way you guys see it from a strategy point of view would be a good central touch point as the first stage to start getting people's attention to a place mm. where we can capture traffic. Is that? Is That's right. It's, it's, it's literally a hub for your content. So how are we, it's how are we distributing the, the content that you, that you put on that platform, the channels that we actually use to promote that, that, yep. that content, um, how do people access it and how do we um, link the relationship between that hub and Philodomo Global. So we might we might say, cool. hey, it, it needs its own identity. Um, it might still have the Philodomo brand name attached to it, um, but we can. It means that we can we can be more flexible with the type of content. We can say things in a tone of voice that isn't in line with Philodomo Global because it it is its own entity, and we can have a little bit more fun and it's a bit more relaxed in the hub than it is in the the, the sure. consultancy website. So I think the and how we actually link. So if people find um, Philodomo Global as a as a website. How do they then go on to find the content in the hub? Um, sure. How we? I mean, we could just do a direct link, and is that good enough? Or yep. what's that ecosystem that we're developing around the hub? So the purpose behind that, and maybe Lana, you can um, chime in with this from from experience in the past. What would be the purpose of drawing sort of all our traffic to a central point? For our agency and for us to be able to do our job, it's yep. all about getting people's data as simple as interests to understand who that audience actually is. And so to Matt's point of an ecosystem or a website, when someone lands on your website, you can track them or remarket to them or get information about how they've searched for you. Was it through Google or was it through social media? And so by having Philodomo Consulting and Philodomo Business Hub as separate entities, you can split the traffic yep. as opposed to if you have them housed together, you do get a large volume of traffic. There's pros and cons of each way of going about it and this is where we would talk to the client about, Tim, Philodomo, what's your business driver? Is it that the consulting you want to drive so many people there? Is it the content hub that you think or you know that when we get people to that content hub, we can then parlay them into a sale in the consulting if that's the case? Right. So... Give me – maybe this is a good discussion. Give me your, your thoughts on what you think I want. That's a very good question. For consulting, it is all about sales for you. Yep. For the ecosystem, it's the philodomo of it. So it, we're talking about brand building versus direct return on investment yeah. as using social as a uh, capture point and sales channel. Is that what we're – So you're consulting, you want to get clients into consulting. Yep. Which is sales and lead gen but – how I see it, the content hub, the business hub, you want to give out information to every business owner out there, the philodomo of it, which is adding value to them. So you have got two separate objectives, which is fine, within the platform. I'd probably liken it to the, um, and I'm not sure if anyone's seen the ANZ business hub 
um, and it's a it's a it's an essentially an opportunity for ANZ as a brand to provide resources and information to its client base. Yep. Um, with a view in future to, I mean, it, it educates that base, but then it builds trust within the ANZ brand for them then to go on as a retail client. So it's it's how do we um, harness that that content and that message because we can have a we can send a different message through the the content hub yep. um, compared to to the the consultancy itself. Not to say that they're not related, but the but and we definitely link them somehow. Um, but it's making sure that when we think about how we're distributing content, what channels we're using, we're thinking about the the hub as a as an entity first, right. and then how it flows onto Philodemo Global. So. From from the client point of view now, which you know, I don't know, is that me speaking in the third person about the third person? I don't know. It's a, <laughs> it's a, from my point of view, but does that mean that we're actually now considering, even at the start of this build, that we know that we have to establish some sort of um, traffic flow and community, which frankly we don't know who's going to be attracted to this type of content. We think we want a type of traffic, but who are we to say it might actually not at all attract that type of person which is generally the first experiments we're running but that would be fair now we know what we want but we don't know if this will resonate with that at the moment because we haven't tried yes but i think we're a step before that even in that we we want to understand the essentially the dna of philodomo global and the dna of the hub um, as from a brand perspective before we talk about audiences before we talk about so how they're getting there it's who what are the two entities and what's their role um and just establishing the relationships um because that will form then so for example last time we had a conversation around what's tim the brand versus what's um philodomo global or or, so if we potentially align tim the brand with philodomo global consulting and tim and friends (laughs) in the in the hub it gives (laughs) you more it gives you more flexibility Friends. (laughs) Friends. <laughs> Imagine. Paid friends. Yeah. It's like it's, <laughs> or you, that makes a lot of sense though. Or you might say that no consulting and business hub are together. I yeah. want them to be one and the same. This is where the client leads. We can give opinion. But at the end of the day, it's your business so it's your decision. We will do strategy based on separate entities or one and the same. Yeah. So, okay. So, in terms of where we're at as a um, client, agency relationship for for you guys what it sounds like is all right we really need to we've taken in tim's thoughts so we sort of know what he wants but basically it sounds like he doesn't know exactly what he wants it yet because we actually don't know how these things are going to dance together so what we have to work out is we've really got three things we're looking at just you know and cut me off if i'm wrong i just want to see if i can articulate it in the way that makes sure we're on the same page so we've got Philodomo, the brand at the moment, which is predominantly consultancy. So there's a business that's that's got a site, it's growing and we want to support it currently with, you know, if we can get some lead funnels generated through digital, that's wonderful. The second part is we've got a, a content hub, which whatever form that takes, that we want to invest in the content hub to create a community of people that are interested in business, interested in performance, interested in growing and, and reaching their dreams, so to speak. So whatever form that has, but we don't actually have a interact. I guess we don't exactly know the form that will eventually take, but we just know essentially it's a key capture point because we want to stop paying for traffic at one point. And if we can capture people there, it's essentially traffic we can manipulate in a non-manipulative way, but more we can access as we need it as we become more sophisticated. So... One and two, does that sound sort of normal? 
Or is that what you're trying to articulate from those two points? Yeah, it, it does. Um, and it's also the with the relationship between the two, it's how we're feeding. So, for example, if, if somebody comes through to the hub because they're interested in the content, yep. the relationship or the link back to Philodemo Global is then what are the, um, Great. The, the conversion touch points throughout the content to bring them into the consultancy website. And because we're only localised here at the moment with our first office in Melbourne, what we would need to do is then take that traffic that's potentially going to be global and actually segment that and say, here's some localized and targeted strategies to see if we can, if we if they're the right type of people, convert them into potential consultancy or invite them to our events or yeah. um, nurture them in a different way. Exactly, and they can sign up for various offerings. So it yeah. might be it might be it might be consulting, or it might yeah. be I just want to be kept up to date with more information. Right. Um, it's around getting getting people. Um, signed up to something to give you permission to continue to talk to them. Great. So this sounds a lot more sophisticated than just whacking on some Facebook ads as I think I, you know, as we, as most no. people would try. <laughs> and then, so we've got those two entities which we're working out the relationship in the way they all interact. And then we've got the third entity is, hey, we're in the social media age where, Tim, you'll, you own the company, you're the founder of the company, you're the founder of the group. We actually need to make you accessible that's probably something that's a good way for us in terms of a marketing strategy to actually give you a presence of some sort at the moment because that's not just hey tim you're an egomaniac but more um that's probably a leverage point we could use at the moment in the business when it's at this size and at this um this stage of its history is that absolutely great but um, I can tell you now that it won't be us on your LinkedIn profile posting the exact same things that you've posted on Facebook, slightly tweaking us to I. What do you mean by that? That is a trap that a lot of people can fall into, that if they're the CEO of a company that they just post on their personal LinkedIn yep. the same thing that the company has posted. Uh, so just repurposing other platform content and looking like they're just... It's a different audience, isn't it? Repurposing is fine, but yeah. it's more – it's the authentic nature of it. Matt and I can't write like Tim Gutierrez. You've got your own special language that you use of how you communicate with people. We would look at giving you the content and working with you if you do the writing yourself, posting it yourself yeah. so it comes from you authentically because what would happen when we are all successful, you get to an event and suddenly you speak completely differently to how you speak on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, there's a there's – a disconnection between Huge disconnect. or a trust breakdown there isn't there for the audience and the authentic nature of tim is completely lost because an agency is doing copywriting that doesn't sound like you so part of the strategy for building tim is education it's okay. actually bringing you up to speed on this is what a personal brand requires and then that's where you can decide is that the focus or as an agency i just want you to focus on the content hub and follow my consulting for now and right. we can add mine in later and, right. and Tim, Tim can be a channel on the content hub. Right. So okay. it's and that's and that's the crossover, and that's that's what I mean where I when I say sort of seeding content across both platforms, or what are the links between the two platforms? It's it's a it's a way of of bringing you into both the content hub and Flodomo Global, as well as filling the content hub with relevant other uh, tips and tricks on on building business. Great. So we're talking stage one. We've basically got to get some movement in each of those three pillars, whatever you guys call those, but we'll call them content pillars at the moment. And that's not what they are, is it? <laughs> Audiences, whatever. You'll, t you'll educate the audience on that. Also, we've just got those three points that Nigel and I have to think about. Um, and obviously just for those listening, you go, why would you build up 
um, your personal profile if you're building the business up. There's sometimes secondary gains that we can get from that. So, for instance, if you've got a focus on wanting to do keynotes in the future and things like that, people who are going to check to see if they want to book you as a keynote or part of panels and all that, they're going to use your social media to see you know, how you articulate things, what you're doing and things like that. So the idea of building that up is also if you've got um, ambition to push out into different audiences, it can be a very helpful tool for um, promotion around those type of areas. Oh, sorry, Nigel, just... Sorry about it. Yeah, that's yeah. no, no, okay. It's um, it's his first, second time on a podcast. Sorry, just, <laughs> just joking. Um, great. So, Matthew, what next? What does your big list say? What are what are we talking about today? <laughs> it is quite a list. I'm so I think the so the next steps for for us is I think the so the recommendation from us is definitely that we have two separate entities. Um, for so the the content hub to house the yep. the content. Uh, and then we have the, the Flotimo Global website and we link the two. Essentially the next steps from there is that we, we develop a, a, a site map for both of those, those sites yep. so we can understand what the relationship is between those, those two platforms. Okay. Once we agree on, on, on that and that's essentially our opportunity to understand the type of content that you want to develop yep. and then we can develop the actual content strategy and the content objectives so once we have that platform yep. it provides essentially a list or a, or a goal posts for, for for you guys to then develop the content to fill the the content hub and it, it it means that we've got a very structured site that we can then essentially develop the 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 the, the spoke yep <laughs> to the spokes to then essentially promote that content Great. So as everyone would have heard, we've already started producing content even though we're doing this as a systemized way. Um, but I guess you can work with that, can't you? I mean, at worst, we can show you what we've been producing and how that might fit in. But I just think for others who may already have established content and go to their agency, um, it you, you don't have to throw out the baby with the bathwater in someone. I mean, at the end of the day, you guys are guessing too at the start. No, I, I want to I want to respect the sophistication in which you go to. But at the start, all of us is based on a little bit of gut feel rather than this is the strategy and content plan. Is that is that, is that correct, Lana? There's a movement in digital and it's everyone's starting to talk about the science of it and the science behind the strategy. It's just another way of saying we think this is correct and we've done it for so long that now our thinking is valid. So... <laughs> We can justify it with our case studies. Correct. <laughs> so uh, Matt, myself and the team, we know the science because we've been doing this for near on a decade that it's a guess based on us not having all of the data but it's a science because we know the molecules that make up water. That's science. We know the molecules that make up a good strategy and combining with the business knowledge of Philodomo, it's what we would call a very good guess that is quite often proven correct. So we know the content pillars. Yep. If you're someone listening to this and you've got a whole bunch of content sitting there, you know the pillars in talking marks that they fall into. A pillar is simply what's the umbrella idea that I want to talk about. So if you're a fashion brand, you know the pillar is inspiration and trends and user-generated content. If that's what you're going for, you understand the buckets so, yes, it's a guess, but the science behind your brand, you already know. 
couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And that's a, I think that's a, obviously why I like working with you guys because there's a, there's a commonality to the way we see the world and the, the smart way to approach it. This experiment will tell whether we're right, but it's absolutely that. Yeah, and the science isn't, uh, isn't pulling out the fun. It's not saying we do the same thing again and again and again. What it's saying is this is what works. Let's get creative in the content. So when Nigel creates a video, if we say to him, show people five tips of how to build a business, the the secret source that comes into it is how that content is created because five tips is not special but the brand comes into something and it makes it really interesting and that's where a brand will stand out on digital is not the concept because yep. so many concepts have been it's done. Been done. Yep. It's how you relate it to the audience. It's how the brand brings it out there. That's where the fun comes into it and that's the skill set that's not science. I think I just want to clarify as well. There's there's two there's two th- parallel things that um, are, are, I guess going on in my head in, as part of this process. The first is is there's the content development and the content strategy, and that's I think that's the part that most of us understand and most people will get. The the bit that I'm highlighting that we can't neglect is the technical aspect of distributing or I'm going to use the word promulgate, this kind so of content. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, can you please <laughs> say that, that word again? <laughs> say that word again. You know I'm a simple, simple lad. To, to distribute the content. Oh. Was that promulgate? Promulgate. Nigel, can you Google that? <laughs> and just it when, when you get it, I want to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep going, Matt. So it's, it's the mechanics behind yeah. uh, behind the, the, the housing of and distribution of that content. So I think we can get excited about div- creating content but we also have to be very conscious of what's the user journey, what's the path yeah. to, to discover that content and how we're giving people an opportunity to, to access it but also share it um, to, to, to make sure that the content is actually worth something. Okay. So you, you're talking about how, how our content is valued in terms of it through the distribution channels but also then the content is valuable enough that if we've got the distribution and the pathways right – you still have to have something of quality that people want to engage with, share or whatever the mechanics are. That, I mean that speaks to the quality of the content yep. but I'm stripping it back to, to say we need to build infrastructure around the actual content itself to make sure that it's it's accessible. And sound word grab, from our sponsor. Sound, sound grab, Nigel. <laughs> uh, promulgate is an actual word. Uh, uh, It is a verb. Uh, The past tense is promulgated. And uh, the exact definition is to promote or make widely known an idea or cause. What a word for that situation. That is top notch. Such a show off, Matthew. Matthew. And it's also a word in Urdu. It's what? It's also a word in Urdu. Okay, mate. That's where I got it from. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, that all sounds extremely sound to my liking. Now, with your list, Matt, is there anything we need to talk about or you'd like to talk through um, that's left on your list? This is Matt's thinking time. This is yeah. my thinking time. Because I like to just throw just going to cut out. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Matt thinks, what yeah. do you want to know from me, Tim? Um, I want to know timings of how I can accelerate. So what would I need to do as my actions for a client to make this go faster? I like that question and the answer is put it back on your agency. I am. I know. Matthew? <laughs> so, sorry, what was your question? <laughs> I was looking uh, at my no, list. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, this is the, uh, probably a lesson in dealing with scatterbrain clients that basically work on 50 different things. What my question was is 
as the client, what can I do now to make this process go faster as I've promised that I'll throw any resources required at it? So I want to know where are my, um, where are my actions or behaviours doing things that are slowing the agency down from what they can do? That's so a good what, question. So as you're creating content now, categorise it, tag it and, and organise that content as it would be loaded into the platform because if we if we haven't got the platform yet but at least everything's organized once the platform's ready and available we can just load everything so just so i understand so we're making some content that's probably going to be put on traditional are you telling me don't post any of your content yet no you can yeah but what i'm saying is make sure that from the very start it's organized it's labeled it's tagged and so an example of that is we might develop a folder in Google Drive or Dropbox, whatever platform it is that you use, and we will call it Philodemo Podcast slash Loud Days with the date and the topic. And so what happens is when you're going to upload it into the content hub, it's going to come under the pathway, podcasts, Philodemo and Loud Days in date order with the information that's needed for it. Great. So you're talking about organising what we're currently making, even if it's housed on YouTube, even if it's being housed on Instagram at mm-hmm. the moment, that that doesn't really matter as long as we have a, a tracking system and we can get access to it. So when we post it with a strategy, we might have to repost some of that content. Yeah, the main thing is that you don't want to backtrack and waste time by recategorizing or, for example, this this podcast. We, yeah. might, ha- we might pull out keywords for um, content strategy, brand experience, user experience. They're all key words that we might use to describe this podcast. So when you're creating content, make sure that you have those keywords, those tags established now so that when we organise the information in future, once the platform is set up, yep. we're not going back through or you're not going back through hours and hours of content and piles of content to right, to right, reorganise right. it to then because it will be a much quicker process to load everything organised than to waste time and go back. All right. Well, here's a question. I know Nigel's, you know, he's putting his hand up, which is weird because I don't think, well, yes, Nigel. <laughs> No, just in the relationship between the content, if you've got the yep. agency and sitting on one side, people creating content, where does responsibility for that traditionally lie in that tagging? Because you're, what you're thinking of in pulling out of this, they're words that I'm probably they're not forefront of mind for me. I, I agree with that because that was exactly the, the line I was going is um, why should I know what that is if we don't have a lexicon of words and tags that we want to start owning? So. Is that on us to bring it to you or is that like, hey, actually, that's a good idea, team. Why don't we all sit together and um, work out uh, mm. – lexicon's probably the wrong word, but, you know. I'll take it back a step yeah. and then, Matt, you can get into Philodemo. But always use fashion as an example because everyone understands you wear clothes as a good start. Tagging might be the colour. It might be the style, so pant, top, sunglass, hat. Think of it as on an online store, how would you tag a product like that? That's the starting point because if Matt is then going to, through the website, upload a bunch of uh, product, he needs to know how to tag it. This is red, this is women's, this is men's, this is summer because that will make the process much easier and it will stop us coming to you. What if we don't know that it's summer stock? Well, can I ask, I mean, I just want to play devil's advocate a little bit and ask. Shocking. um, Surely there's a more sophisticated way to searching hashtags that are most popular in a category and picking the 50 that are us and working out like whether it be hashtags or words. I realise some of them are just a generalist of what we want to own. But is there is there a more scientific way of 
checking, hey, these are the sort of themes that we know we want to be involved in. We should be checking to see what are the most popular or trending tags around that so we can start to use that as part of our tagging system rather than Nigel and I going, Tim and Nigel being a tag. Or uh, I'm not trying to throw you guys up. I'm just asking is there a... There's no throwing under the bus. I'll yeah. answer and then Matt, you can take it. Yeah. I would say that it's on you as a business owner to know your business, to know your industry. But I don't know the tags that are No, but you know the social. topics. You yep, know definitely. what this whole yep. conversation is about. So when Matt says something like brand awareness, that's your aim, that's your objective, that's what yep. you came to us saying. Yep. Now, can we add stuff? Absolutely. But if you don't even know the themes that you're talking about in a podcast as relation to your industry. Well, let me let me clarify that. I'm not talking about the themes. It's mm-hmm. classifying the themes. So if we're talking about um, here is agency, right? And that was a theme that's in their agency. But actually um, the most popular agency t- tags and words are agency interaction. Just I'm using mm-hmm. an example. And that's actually a much more popular tag or theme. We jump in with those. I don't right. think that's what Matt's request so, was. Oh, great. That's, no, so, but that's what I just want to get some clarity on because I'm, I'm unsure of what that means yeah. honestly. Yeah. So there's a, there's a bit of push-pull in this that yep. the, we can use – or you can, as collectively, we can use the the tags or subjects to search for popular content to give us content ideas going forward. Yep. So that's that's one piece. Uh, the second is when content is tagged, it allows in future from a from a Google search point of view for your content to be found. So if somebody's searching, what is user experience? Yep. That user experience tag that will be in the content on your site. We want that to rank in, in in Google search results. Right. Okay. So the the whole point of, of so it's just another way to get your content found. So so that's that's the push pull part. But the I guess the base of that is that we need to work with you on a content strategy to make sure that we understand what those the the content pillars are, and then what the 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 keywords or terms within those content pillars might be. So you can essentially drop and drag those those content. Uh, those those keywords into that content. Great. So, is it fair to say that our next stage is really needing to um, solidify that content strategy? Is yes, that absolutely? Ne- is yep. that next step? Yep. Awesome. Well, that's very and so exciting. step one of this yep. was is Philodemo Global and the Content Hub, for want of a better term, yep. one or different? And right. the fact that we're going to have two streams, it means that they could have different information in them, and they could have shared information in them. Yep. But that was the first step of. What are they? Because yep. I'm I'm not worried if the the Flodimo Global website is more static than the Content Hub, and yep. and it should be. The I think it's more the what's the the content strategy. I think the priority is the content strategy for the hub because that's the most dynamic yep. part of this project to give you the foundation to 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 establish what the the ideas are for the the content. How to treat that content once it's been created like the the, the tags and labels yep. and things like that uh, which will also allow people to actually search for content while they're on your site on the on the hub and and then that will be the essentially the foundation um, from a content point of view and then me- mechanically we work out then how to house it and great. how to organize that information great okay well that that does that make sense to you Nigel 
Uh, the bit that I need to for now. Yes. Yeah, good. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and half these things I listen and go, what, what was that they said that we had to do? That's that's fine. Good. Um, <laughs> we'll follow luckily, up. we've got the recording of it to go back to. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll just, send you an email. Don't worry. Excellent. No, no, I'm only – and, you know, for the sake of this, these guys are sort of keeping us on track behind and we're following their process. But I think there's a couple of conversations that are worthy of having on the podcast because some people who haven't been through this – it's, it's worth just having questions and I know sometimes it sounds like throwing the guys under the bus but we, we've pre-spoken at times on this but it's worthy of this conversation so just so you know that. But it is a good question about agency responsibility versus client responsibility yeah. and it's both people's responsibility in terms of the knowledge share. You know stuff about your business that the agency won't, the agency knows stuff about the process that the client won't and yeah. so it's coming together that there's never one the client should never be feeling like they're pulling the agency behind them but at the same time no client should ever rely on the agency without giving something in return. Yeah. And just for the sake of this being a swap cast, you know, Lana's there on behalf of the agency giving great advice. If you're over here listening through the Philodemo channels and you're listening to this advice, um, if you're the owner of the business or the founder of the leader, it's your responsibility for everything. And If you can't manage your agency or you can't manage your suppliers, that's still on you. So an agency is only as good as the management that you've got as a business and if you're someone who's sitting there going, yeah, but I don't know enough about digital, well, that's still on you. You can find great suppliers like these guys. You can find great partners like these guys but it's still up to you to be able to articulate what you're trying to achieve and absorb the information and then ask better questions to get the answers you need to get clarity. If that's not the case, that's on you as an owner. Because we've seen a lot of times where people blame their agency, not just you know in the ones we've had experience with, with a lot of clients we've worked at at Philodemo. At the end of the day, it's the owner not taking responsibility because they don't understand it and that's on you. So I think that's really important. You just can't kick your agency, which seems to be a habit people enjoy. Anywho, <laughs> <laughs> rant, rant of the day. Um, excellent. Matt, anything left on your list? So I think the, the next step, so the, the main thing is that just from, from today that we'll, we'll kind of take away is, is essentially we'll, we'll work with you on that content strategy and, and setting up those, those pillars. Unreal. Um, we'll work through the, 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 the key terms and labels that we can work with you on adding to all of the content that you're creating now so it's much easier to, to upload. Excellent. And the other thing we need to do is essentially assess the platform that you have currently. So the, the, whether the, the, the gated content that, um, yep. clients are currently accessing is that the best platform for us to to invest in now or do we need to start uh, looking at other options so they're the three key things um, and then the next step once we once we look at that and, and deliver that to, to you guys is essentially the the platform objectives and the channel objectives so what once once we load start loading content what do we expect it to do how do we expect it to perform right are we uh, because we'll work on with you on uh, how many like the, the reach of the content how many people are we looking to reach in a per week per month so we'll start to put those KPIs against each of the channels so then we can start to to really start to track whether whether the content is working and start to get feedback on what content works and what doesn't go Lana. I'm just preempting yes there is budget involved I was I know. It's probably why we're married. It's 100% what I was about to say. It's like, <laughs> this all sounds great, guys. Now, um, how many fingers am I going to have to cut off? Because I think, and, you know, I've, I've said the stupid thing that um, 
budget's no object. Well, it's always an object because you can, you know, it's the same as a roulette wheel. You could basically spend um, your life savings in two weeks on social media advertising if you have. But I assume as we start seeing content performing in a different way, we'll evaluate what different budgets or how we could accelerate and the, the byproduct of that. And so we might talk about that um, sort of in the in the cast to come. Mm. But I think that's pretty important because I'd like people to understand the sort of volume of um, budget, if any, we're using. And I've just said if any to make sure that the um, agency guys <laughs> roll their cool. eyes going, but no I, budget means yeah. no traction. But I think <laughs> it should be really clear that, co- that what, what we're talking about can be as small or as big as you want to make it in terms of if you're a s- small startup, a st- a strategy could be yep. a strategy on a page. Like it, it doesn't yep. have to be, it's just the think work that goes behind it. Yep. It could be a 50-page document for, for a multi-tiered corporate or it could be a, a strategy on a page. Where you're at currently is that it's essentially a strategy on a page because you just want goalposts. Yep. It's, we're not, we don't want to lock you into anything and you don't want to be locked into anything. It's just what are the guiding principles behind this project? Great. I, you know, I, I think it's part of the fun also because, um, you know, it is important to we have to have money behind this. We know the social media is not free. Um, it's never been free and it's certainly not cheap. As you can imagine, just from the time at the moment, investment is expensive but it's only expensive depending on the result. So it's really exciting. I, I really, I'm really excited. I would like to ask a question that may be a simplistic one but a, a bunch of you guys are able to talk about um, agency and social media all those kind of things because you've come up through it there's a lot of people out there that may be listening to this which aren't that initiated so i'm going to take the place of i'm going to ask the simple questions that maybe people out there would be afraid to ask as your reach grows like budget's a big concern for everyone coming through and it takes money to kick start it as your reach grows does it become less expensive or not this depends on your level of paranoia that facebook is watching you and trying to screw you over. Surely that's not up for debate now. Of course they're watching us. <laughs> I would be. Absolutely. Um, I'll answer it from a social point of view, then Matt, maybe you want to take the more Google side of life. Sure. Um, it doesn't become more expensive. Your targeting gets better if you're doing it correctly. So what that means is when we talk about targeting, it can be interest. So that's really your unknown audience. I think that I'm targeting business owners living in Melbourne these are the things that they follow. They follow HubSpot and they follow Gary V and whatever it might be. Then you get to your known audience. And so that's people who've been to your website so we can hit those people um, and your database. So we can upload your database into social media ads and target those people with a message. Your known audience is more expensive. One, because there's often fewer of them but also they do have a higher conversion rate. So it takes more to get to them, but you often get a better return on investment because they know your brand. Where it can get really expensive is if you're not targeted and you just go out to the world and you drop $10,000 without testing a thing. I I, I can't imagine we're going to do that. No. (laughs) Yeah. And so... (laughs) 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 That's uh, silly. Things have been done in the past, Nigel. (laughs) Um, So what we often do with our clients is we take a three-month budget and we say we're just going to test or a one-month budget if they want really quick data and it can be $1,000. And within that we test all of the audiences and all of the information. So the agency can say the science, we were correct or we need to tweak now you can spend more money because you will get those leads in or that return on investment. So it's not that it gets more expensive. 
it is quite often that people get smarter because they get more information and knowledge, therefore they target more and often uh, it's more expensive to target a more defined audience. So my understanding of that is you your spend may return the same, may remain the same as you grow, but you're going to get a better return on investment as you get more time. Which is what Matt's often talks about and mm. we spoke about this on the last podcast is that return and that nurture once the leads are in. Yeah. So I think – so the, my – so generally my approach is uh, I, I enjoy forecasting. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, so what uh, – and I will get to your question but essentially the the, the the approach is if we, for argument's sake, have a budget of $10,000, we can use benchmarks to make some assumptions to then work through what the return on that investment will actually be. We can then use that as the benchmark – and the, the starting point for the for the strategy, for the media strategy. But as KPIs, as we grow, we want to reduce the cost of, of media. So, for example, um, so people might be aware of the, the phrase CPM in, in, in media, so cost per milli. So it's the cost per thousand people that we reach. And usually digital media is is paid for by through that as a metric. So it's bought on CPMs. So it might be a $10 CPM for the first month. And then we say, okay, that's that's going to cost ten dollars. That's that's your benchmark. But over time, our objective, as your agency, is to lower that cost per cost per thousand that CPM. Okay. So we might say next month or next over the next six months, our objective is to bring that from ten dollars to eight dollars. So you, your spend might be ten thousand, but you get more reach, you get more clicks, so you get more efficiency. Okay. And then you might invest that saving into another channel, and then so then you you grow you grow your channels. And I think um, for me, I look at all this a little bit different from the client point of view because I think a norm. Let's talk about normal clients and and clients we deal with, not just our business. A lot of clients are coming and they initially want digital marketing because their strategy is how do I use this for lead generation, right? So they're coming in there, but regardless, they just want to see a return on investment, and that's in. We put a campaign up, we've got a landing page, we've got some names and we've got some conversions. Did it make money? Yes, great, keep doing it, add more money. We're, what we're looking at is a longer-term play here, medium to longer-term. Yes, of course we want conversions and if we can find that as a byproduct, wonderful. But some of the um, real value in this is establishing a medium-term strategy which is if we've got 100,000 names we can access in different cities where we open our offices or we can... Um, we're offering an online um, product or we've got some different products that are sell, but we're starting to build an asset that we can leverage in a number of different ways, let alone the byproduct of that going, um, it's our name in front of competitors' names, let alone a whole lot of other things that you can do here. So when people are calculating their actual return on investment, most people are short-term thinking, which is clicks, conversions, and that's right. What we want to try and and do here and and we'll be sort of balancing that conversation between hey here's a campaign we're running to see if we can attract people to our local um, consultancy in Melbourne as well as the brand presence and some of the opportunities that we hope will come through that but that doesn't necessarily happen quickly it, it takes some time so I just want to make sure that when we talk about whether it's expensive it's only expensive compared to the metric your business uses and what it's growing if you're someone who's just growing a, a single small business that just wants clicks and conversions, great. It can be very expensive. If you're someone looking to build an asset and you're investing in an asset, well, you need to look at it a different way. But that's probably the difference between types of business owners versus self-employed versus business owners is actually understanding what metrics your business is running at. Because if we 
only grew a database of 100,000 people and it cost us 10,000 but we didn't get one conversion, is that a waste of money? And that's, that's only for the client to decide based on their strategy and all that and I think that's one of the keys is educating and understanding with your agency of what you value regardless if it's just above simply return on investment because if that's all you're doing, that's fine. You're a, you're a transactional business and some businesses are there, website, direct clicks, I get that as part of a digital, ma- of digital strategy for us. We're trying to show the two tiers because A, it's going to be very interesting to see but B, we value the brand presence and what we're trying to build as a bigger company. This is an essential piece of infrastructure so I don't get angry when I spend on insurance and my office doesn't burn down. I just know that it's insurance and it's the same way with building a community. I'm not going to be angry because we built a community but we haven't quite seen how we're going to commercialise and I just think that's got to be less on the agency even though I expect the agency to educate people on that but also on the business knowing what is what are you valuing and why are you doing this? Because if you don't know that, you shouldn't be playing here anyway. But I guess I absolutely agree and I, but I think the, the, the conversation with the agency needs to be had in terms of the uh, you're setting that expectation with us in terms of what metrics are we chasing after so Absolutely. for so for and that and that will cha- and I think it's important to note that it's never static so yep. for example when we launch your site for the first three months the a conversion might be a, totally. the number of people that have yeah. seen a piece of content but then six months after that it's how many have seen and clicked on that content yeah so it's a conversion the definition of a conversion has to be unique to that business absolutely and again it's coming back to communicating well talking about some of the things you're trying to do because what also a great agency will do and i've seen you guys do it is i come in saying listen i'm happy to spend the money i'm happy to do the right things but we think we can get you a better return on budget if you take this strategy because then if you get a better return you're going to be more likely to want to keep investing and getting towards your goal which is the bit i'm excited about and i mean it's not fun to lose money for no return but not that it's a loss that if you can show me a pathway where I can maximise my budgets and get a better return, well, that's – I mean, that's, you, you use an agency forever then. Anyway, Matthew, excellent. Nice to see Great. you again, sir. You too. Thank you. Lana, thank you. Anytime. Nigel, always a pleasure. It most certainly is. Uh, and that brings <laughs> Sorry, us just, to the end. I didn't mean so, to wake him up. Um, I was just actually looking back over to the word of uh, we shall go out and promulgate. Yeah. <laughs> for those listening just remember this is a swapcast you can go on to loud days you get a whole bunch of extra content these guys have been very generous with their time and um, want to share some of the things behind the scenes make sure you hit them up on their social channels um, again connect with us but um, really great to have you guys we'll see you again next week and geez we might even actually we're going away so this is a real a real thing we're away for the next five days in the beautiful byron bay yeah. wow so this content strategy is going to be um Maybe tough before next. That's right. Things keep ticking on in the agency. <laughs> that, somehow they survive. <laughs> somehow they survive. And I have a Tim puppet at home, which we <laughs> – Wow, okay, that well, that's, ended yeah. on a real creepy note. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you in a few days' time. Have a good one. Great. Thank you. Bye.